Hello and welcome to Activate, a show for mobile marketers by mobile marketers. I'm Johannes Haupt, Senior Data Scientist at Remerge. Today we're going on another deep dive into the technical side of marketing, and I'll be talking to Shan Huang, who is a Senior Applied Scientist at Zalando here in Berlin. And we're going to talk about experimentation and how to put the power to experiment into the hands of product teams with smart engineering. Hi, Shan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Johannes. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself first and about the journey that got you into working on experimentation. Yeah, so I'm Shan. I moved to Germany about almost 10 years ago. And since four years ago, I joined Zalando, where we started to build the experimentation platform at Zalando. It was a really interesting journey for me because it involves a lot of challenges because it's the first time I'm like building a platform like from scratch. So there's a lot of engineering things to do, a lot of business like contacts to integrate. And also there's also the scientific challenge where we want to figure out good methodologies to analyze experiments. That sounds very cool. I know that you have a background in computer science. So could you tell me a little bit more about what's your exact role in this? I imagine a pretty big project building something like a platform for a whole company. Right. So I studied computer science, uh, specifically the machine learning part of it during university. So I have this background of data scientist, so to say. When I joined Zalando, we are in most need for engineering capacity. So like writing code to establish, to build this platform. So in the first two or three years when I was in Zalando, most of my Day-to-day -day work is contributing to this platform development, which is a lot of stories. So we even changed, refactored, changed the architecture once. There was a lot of things there. But since recently, I've started to do more research work and also product support because since the platform is getting stable, stabilized, we have more capacity to work on methodology, so analysis methodology. Cool. We'll get to that definitely towards the end. But first, I have a couple of questions on the process. I know and I've read that you have this uh, nice blog post talking about the evolution of and the steps in building the platform. We're going to put the link in the show notes so that everybody can look that up and read more into the details. But let's start at the right at the beginning. And could you give me an explanation of what an experiment platform is or an experimentation platform? What is that used for? So experimentation is, so we call and A-B test experimentation. So yeah, I know in different contexts, experimentation meant different things. So when you are trying out machine learning models, it's also a machine learning experiment. But in our case, an experiment is a A-B test, so to say, in an online e-commerce term. So this is an A-B testing platform where we provide services of A-B testing to different teams in Zalando. So different teams can use our API to set up an A-B test to randomize their traffic into different variants, and then finally to analyze their results. So from the user's perspective, they integrate with our platform from APIs and even dashboard. So like ideally with dashboard, if they are having the most common use case, but if they want to customize some setting, then they can also integrate via APIs. Talking about use cases, can you give me an example? So what would be a typical test that's, that a team would run on the platform? It actually can be any type of A-B test, as long as your A-B test consists of two or multiple versions. For example, it could be a visual test. You want to change the 
photo of a model of a Zalando product. So Zalando is an e-commerce company that's selling clothes with, you don't know. So for example, you want to change the photo of a model. So you have version version A is like the, the, the original model photo. Version B is another, the new model photo. So then the product detailed page will call our platform saying, okay, I have a customer now. Tell me what variant shall I show? Then our platform will tell the team that, okay, you, you, you can show variant B. Then the team gets this name, then show the new photo. And then all the data is tracked behind the hood. And also the experimental runtime, we have like statistical procedures to estimate the right experiment runtime. And once the experiment finished, we provide analysis results. That's really a support for the full process of setting this up. I can imagine that's pretty tough. Are there any, how, how do you set the limitations? How do you even define what can be experimented on? Yeah, I forgot to mention that. So I started with, actually, you can experiment on anything. As long as you have two different variants, you can test like visual change. You can also test algorithmic change. So there's no visual change, but for example, behind the hood, there are two recommendation algorithm and you want to test which algorithm works best on real like user data then you can set up uh, like two versions that using different algorithms behind the hood there could be architectural change so you have two backend architecture you want to see which one runs faster has the lowest latency like in real traffic so you can test anything from our perspective it's like you are telling me something you want to randomize on, I tell you what is the variant you should use. And then the platform will keep track of the data and do the analysis behind the hood. Nice. That means that you run experiments for, I can imagine, product teams that might want to change the pictures or change the marketing teams that want to change pictures, that want to change the models that are shown on the website. But it sounds like another target group is then data scientists or people who actually change the models or even computer scientists changing the algorithms that do the optimization of the website and background. Is that right? Yeah, right. Okay, that's a lot of different use cases. Let us dive into how to build something like that. Maybe what's the biggest challenge? Uh, let's start with that. What's the biggest challenge that you faced building this over the last five years, I think, right? Yeah, right. So I think the biggest challenge, there are many challenges. I think maybe one one of the biggest challenge is that building this kind of platform requires a team of different experts in different domains. So we need to have good engineers who knows how to scale out system who can model like different things cleanly so that the code doesn't get mushy also who knows how to scale out a computing system with big data because that's all the data in our company and like hundreds of teams on the other side we need product people who might or might not have technical background but have very good product management skills who's figuring out what is the iteration of like work streams? What are the features to implement first? What are the later? And this is like another domain. Another domain is we need data scientists, so applying scientists who know the statistics. And I found it challenging because there is usually not someone who can bring these things together. And especially in the early days where A-B testing platform is still relatively new in at least Europe, then I think different domains uh, what I observe is like 
helping a smooth communication between different domains is not so easy. There might be miscommunications or the communication is just, there's information lost in the communication. So that I find is a big challenge. Sound like from your blog post, I remember that uh, when you started with this, there were already A-B tests being run in the company, but at different positions. Did, did you think that's a good starting position? So kind of to integrate A-B tests and experiments that are already being done by, I guess, data scientists or data analysts? Or do you think you could also build this from scratch and just to kind of start out with thinking about what kind of experiments do I, do I want to run? How would I build this from the ground up? That's a good question. I think it depends on the organization. So if you have a startup, maybe you only have, let's say, three use cases, then you can ask your data scientists or analysts to do the A-B test like, manually. If you are a little bit bigger, maybe you can use third-party tools. So you can just buy those A-B testing tools from the market and use them. But for an organization as big as Zalando already five years ago, like we already have hundreds of teams and it's not scalable to let each team do their A-B test by themselves because you don't know whether they analyze this the same way. How do they estimate the runtime estimation? What randomization they do and what data quality they have? So it's hard to control the quality of A-B test. This is first. And also, we want to optimize on a global scale. So we don't want each team to optimize their local product. That So maybe, let's say, I optimized my product, but actually I'm taking the money from another product in the same company. So as a company, we didn't grow. It's just one team is eating up another team. Okay, got it. Yeah. That is a difficult thing to design, but I can imagine that the platform itself and just having everything under one hood also makes it much more visualizable and communicable. Hateable is that even a word? To be able to show people what kind of experiments are run and how that impacts different kinds. If you could go back, what would you tell yourself? You could back, travel back in time, go back and give yourself one hint to kind of immediately delete one obstacle. What would that be? I think my advice would be to start steadily. So in the beginning, it doesn't matter what do, do we use advanced analysis method or scientific methodology. In the beginning, it's about providing infrastructure and also helping our stakeholders, which is that other teams running A-B testing, understand A-B testing. Because statistics is sometimes a very confusing thing, confidence interval, significance. It's not so easy to explain. And I think it might be helpful to get the ground, get a solid groundwork at the start. Let me jump in here because there's one big question that I have in mind. When you said A-B tests, is this something that's completely based on hypothesis tests where essentially you have these two things that you compare? Or are you now at the point where you're also running automated uh, optimization kinds that are probably less human-based and less specified essentially with the hypothesis, but might be more about the ranges of things to test and then the system would automatically do multiple experiments? No, so we are currently in the basic case where we are doing a hypothesis testing so the the standard one the t-test in our case so we just set the null hypothesis there's no change the alternative hypothesis there's a change then we run a significance testing there could be like different versions of it we can do no harm test so the null hypothesis is the new version doesn't hurt the control version by this delta 
We also have provided Bayesian analysis, but that is not integrated into our platform. We just provide packages for now. So we provide Bayesian analysis as a package. The, the second one you mentioned is really nice. So we haven't done that. Maybe you can tell me a bit more. What, what do you have in mind? This um, alternative, like automatic running multiple stages. So I think there might be several ways to do that. But uh, I was thinking about Bayesian optimization because I peeked into your CV and I seen that you worked on a package years, years ago uh, going in that direction. And this is something that I feel would be, would be the next step right at the point where you're this is just a guess for me. Once you're re- once you're ready to do hypothesis tests and you can manually confirm or like reject your hypothesis, and then sort of build up on that and slowly move in the direction. If you were able to automate it a little bit more, then we I think get in the direction of the Bayesian optimization, where we essentially as a human just put in the uh, space in which to search. But let uh, like with machine learning models, we put in the parameter space to search, and then there would be repeated experimentation until like, slowly we are concentrating more on an area with better parameters. That's what I was thinking about. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. It's like this adaptive experimentation. You have a space of variant you want to try, and after the, the experiment, you find the best one. So it's not only A-B test. It's like you have 20 versions, and you want to find the best one. Exactly. I think uh, something in between that would be, and I think that's something that's becoming a little bit more common. I've seen a couple of applications where people were running these uh, banded models for, let's say, creative testing, for example, that's something where we would use that, where we have uh, a nice space of just, let's say, 10 creatives or when people send out emails and they have 10 different versions of the emails, and then you could nicely compare how they're performing and you send out more and more of the ones that are performing nicely. I think that's the same direction and then you can make it more and less flexible and going there. Is that something that the, that platform would support or is that something that you think it might support in the future? That is something on our radar, but we're not working on it at the moment, but that is something on our radar. That's a, that's, I think it's a very good direction you mentioned. Okay, that's very cool. And I'm not surprised that you're starting, and I think that's a very good point to start with the A-B tests and get those down first before even trying to tackle stuff that's more complicated. I can imagine having a platform, that, a flat platform that's so flexible just for A-B tests. That's already a big challenge in itself. So I can imagine making that more flexible will we'll take another year, number of years to do. Okay, now we jumped right into the technical aspects. So let's maybe stay there for, for a while. I wanted to ask you about the analysis of, of the A-B tests that you do. Is there any tricks or is there any methodologically like fancy evaluation happening? Is there any tricks that you do to increase the efficiency or decrease the runtime of the experiments? So I know a couple of methods, but at Zalando at the moment, we don't have too much fancy fanciness there. But for example, you can increase and reduce the run, experiment runtime by a technique called variance reduction, which basically you use the, let's for example, pre-experimental variable. For example, you use the user, like what is their gender, age, I don't know, salary, if you can get their fashion interest, if you can get this data as a variance reduction technique. So in the end, you reduce the variance that you can explain the variance for the data collected in your experiment time so that the unexplained variance is the variance of your variant that comes from your variant. So you reduce variance, then you reduce runtime for the same power. 
for the same statistical power. I, this is a very technical explanation. I don't know if I made it clear. No, I think that was actually very, very good. And I think that's not trivial at all. You can make it sound like that's simple and everybody does that. But the way that I've seen A-B tests being used was usually they would just calculate the click-through rate or the conversion rate for whatever like things you're testing and then compare them directly. But let's let's try to make it more clear so that all of our listeners can imagine what that would look like. Are you using regression techniques for that or is there or some something else? So there are different ways. So first of all, at Zalando, we haven't do that also on our radar, but we haven't been able to implement this technique yet. But there are different ways to do that. You can have I think it's called control variant, which is, I think essentially the idea is you use the pre-experimental variables to predict the target you want to optimize on. And then some of the variants can be explained by like the pre-experimental variables. Then you basically, you remove that variance that can already be explained and the residual variance is lower, right? Then you have a lower variance when you are doing your t-test. Okay, yes, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I can imagine a lot of digital settings, and especially Zalando, right, if you have a website where people log in and you you have a history with them, there's a lot of information I can imagine you'd have uh, that can be used to to reduce the variance here. So any user characteristics to predict. That's actually a quite mature method in industry. So Microsoft started it. And so Microsoft has a huge experimentation platform. And they applied this method in their platform and it shows really good practical results. And then a lot of other like tech giant type companies put this, this method into their platform as well. So the one I have already read about include Uber, Booking, Netflix. So they've also shown like very good results in practice. Okay, nice. So this is something where it's maybe time to look at to to jump on the trend quickly once it becomes easier and easier. That is amazing. Also that you're just thinking about this and the ways that you're trying to like planning to expand this. Okay, let's get back to the platform because I have the feeling we still haven't talked a lot about uh, how you did that and what the what the challenges are there. You mentioned that already that just this expertise of how to run experiments, what to run experiments on that this is not something that comes easy to a lot of people that might come easier to as a state of scientists because that's what we do a lot. But once you give this to everybody and this power to run experiments to everybody, of course, you need to put this expertise out. So how do you support that? How do you get people to know what experiments to run, what would be interesting, what is possible to test? Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, so all, all of this is not my, myself, but it's a teamwork and it's like uh, over the years, like even different team members. So our current strategy, I think it kind of works and works pretty good is to set up a process of running an A-B test. So as a platform team, we provide a template of experiment. For example, before the experiment, you should fill in the template. What is your hypothesis you already have before running this experiment. What do you expect by changing to the treatment? Why do you expect that? Did you, because of, um, you had done some previous user interview or you learned from your past experience. So you need to have an assumption first. It's not just randomly trying out things. And then you need to justify what KPIs you want to optimize on and why does that help your business? And then you need to justify for example, what, how, how long your experiment should run out. So there's a template we provide, 
And then we provide consultation service and review service. If you are not confident, you can book this hour, then our data scientist from our team can try to review or consult for you. And once you set it up, we also provide uh, continuous stakeholder support. And once the experiment is finished, we also do audit like regularly. So regularly, we audit the finished result to see whether they adhere to basic quality. That is nice. I, I'm surprised by that. I mean, it makes sense now that you say it, but I can imagine it's a, it's a very different task description, although interesting. And I can imagine you see a lot of different parts of the company doing these audits and supporting. That is actually fun work, I can imagine. Like I would enjoy doing that, I think. You just said now that people should not just experiment with something. They should have an hypothesis, a hypothesis and they should have some explanation on why they expect things to happen. Why is that? Because I have in mind all these stories about how Amazon, they tested, what if I put a blue button instead of a red button there? Uh, and it sounded like that was pretty random and people are just throwing out stuff and testing it. I think the main reason is that the space for testing, or that, that this is now, it's really my personal take on that is I think first the space of testing is huge. If you are just trying out things, you can trying out so many things until we have this adaptive experiment that you mentioned earlier, then it's practically not feasible to test everything. So you have to choose sm smartly what to test first. This is the first. Uh, the second, I think is A B testing tells you causally the effect. So it's a causal inference by randomization, basically. So you have a causal effect. Version B gives you an uplift of X, uh, but it doesn't explain the mechanism of this causal effect. Right? So if you're just randomly testing out things, okay, maybe it tells you you have a conversion rate 1% 1, 1 higher, but why? It doesn't give you insight. So if you already have a hypothesis, for example, I did the user research on 10 people, and from these 10 people, most of them like the new version. Then you confirm it by an A-B test, then you have some learning. So you know that, okay, this feature, because the mechanism, I think, comes from the like real people user interviews. And the A-B test is only quantifying the effect from large amount of data. But the mechanism comes from you need to sit down face-to-face -to, -face to the user interview. That is my explanation. I find it amazing because from this explanation that you just give, it sounds I can really understand why there's a need for this experimentation platform, that the idea generation and the tasks really and the what experiments to run should come from the product teams who work with the users and who are coming up with ideas on how to improve the website, improving the product, improving the, the experience for the for the customer in the end, and not the data engineers and not the data scientists that have control over the data, right, and that have the access to the raw data and who know in detail how to run the analysis. Is that something that was the starting point of the whole project from the beginning, or is that an idea that emerged during this process of building the platform? That's a good question. So I think from our journey, it was like this in the beginning. So the Zalando culture was the product owners or product analysts are, uh, let's say, experiment owners, so to say. So they come up with ideas what to test. And then engineers will like into set up the test technically, integrate our platform. And then data scientists or analysts will analyze it. So that was the culture. But I can imagine different ways of doing that. But at Zalando, the product people are the owners of the tests. 
for everybody who's dreaming now of their own experimentation platform when scheduling this I and mean, you you have this whole experience and you have the, seen the whole timeline where would you expect the most work and the most effort to go into is it the randomization i can imagine might be difficult if, the, if there's no infrastructure data collection data cleaning or is it the real user interface and how to do this processes or is it on the analysis side coming up with the methods and then translating them into code and something that can be run automatically. Which one is the most challenging? Well, I'm working on the analysis system, so I'm biased. I think some team members will hate me, but I, I think it's the analysis system, especially the data part. So because uh, for bigger organizations, especially if it's not like Google, Amazon, who's already been there for many years. So the data infrastructure This is organizational-wise effort because sometimes we lose data and we don't know why because the data goes through several teams before it ends up in our system and you don't know where it goes wrong and you don't even know if it goes wrong sometimes. So the data quality is a really big part and we started to put a lot of our attention and effort on this right now. Because if the data is not good, no matter what randomization, what analysis you do, it's like you don't have good quality out. Yeah, that's something that I've realized more and more. You can try to correct for stuff in the end, and you can try to use really fancy methods and like really complicated methods to correct for things that are happening at the data or data generation time. But if you can just fix the data generation, it's just so much easier to analyze the data in the end. So yeah, I agree. That's definitely the first thing. But that's hard because there's many components in involved. Right? There are a lot of teams. It's not like, it's easy if it's toy data. I write a lot of unit tests to make sure the data is working. But if it's like multiple teams goes through several distributed systems, then you don't know where, where it goes wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is that is challenging. I can imagine with everything really that has to do with data. It's hard to say what's a normal data point. What can customers do and what can't they do, and what's still normal behavior and what's just a weird bug in the system or anything like that. That is uh, one of the challenges that I like about the job. So, <laughs> is that something that you would make a wish? So, um, thinking about if you could now make a wish for anything to work better or for a problem to vanish. Is that what you would wish for? That's definitely, definitely. That will be the one thing I wish for. Cleaner data. Yeah. And knowing which one is correct so they can nicely do the analysis at the end. I think that's actually a very nice um, statement to, to end today's show. And I think we've discussed a couple of very interesting points here. Also, the sort of how to set up, how to even think about setting up an experimentation platform, what the challenges are when doing that. And as you said, how to communicate between the different teams, what the challenges are in running an experiment, and a lot of the ways you're looking forward to improving this as well, and the challenges that might bring well. So I really enjoyed that. Shandan, anything else you want to share with our with our listeners? Um, I think maybe this is not about Zalando, but I co-founded an organization called Chinese German. So I'm Chinese, Chinese German Association for Artificial Intelligence, where we try to bring the forces together of Chinese and AI, Chinese and German resources on AI. So if listeners are interested, you can also take a look. So. You can start with gcaai.org. Then from there, uh, you will find more information. 
Great. I'll put that in the show notes as well so that you can find the link and I'll check it out myself. So that would be good. Again, for all our listeners, our guest today was Shan Huang, applied scientist at Zalando. Shan, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts and your experience building this. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was uh, also a great pleasure talking to you, Johannes. Thanks for taking a break with us and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights. See you next week.